Welcome, 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 welcome. You're listening to Built by Us. Built by Us. Built by Us. Built by Us. Welcome to season two. (laughs) Happy to be here. Happy to be here. So just for a refresher, if you happen to be new to Built by Us, we are Democracy North Carolina's in-house podcast. And we are here to make sure that everybody knows what's going on in terms of election rules, election law, how to vote, new exciting things that you can do to serve your community and be an active citizen. I think that's one of the terms that's kind of old, but used in this in this kind of work that you want to be someone who is a participant in your community, in your politics, and just make sure that you're helping to make sure that your community is better than it is right now. Welcome back, everyone. Alyssa here, and I'm really excited to be doing a season two of Built by Us. Season one went really great, and I really enjoyed learning from all of the guests and hearing all of those stories and experiences, so I can't wait to do it again. Something different about season two is now that our pilot season is over, you know, we try to use that season to get out a lot of fundamental information about our organization and what's going on in our community and how you can be a part of it. And so this season, we kind of want to tailor our content more to you guys, to our listeners. You know, we want to hear from you all and what you want to hear about. So we're definitely going to be looking to y'all throughout the season for feedback and to tell us what you want to hear. So... If you ever have any thoughts you want to share, any ideas, questions, or advice for the show, you can always just email us at communications at democracync.org, or you can also DM us on any of our social media platforms and reach out that way. We'll definitely get back to you, and we can't wait to hear all your ideas. And the second, arguably most exciting part about a season two of Built by Us is that we have two new hosts to add to the team. Joining our team this summer, we have Eva and Lumiere, who I'm going to let introduce themselves, but they're already my favorite people, so I'm sure they will be yours too. Hey guys, Eva here, she, her, hers, and this summer I'm a communications fellow at DEMNC working with Taylor and Alyssa, amazing people, and I'm currently a rising senior at Duke University. My majors are public policy and cinematic arts, and super excited to joining Democracy NC and this Build By Us podcast. Hello, everyone. I am Lumiere. Most people call me Lumi because for some reason, air is difficult to tack on. And I go by she, her, and they, them pronouns. I just graduated from Elon University with a major in strategic communications and cinema and television arts. Sometimes I forget about the first major. Uh, I'm pretty much solely video focused. But yeah, that's a little bit about me. I am so incredibly excited to be working with C as a communications fellow, working with Taylor and Alyssa and Eva cranking out all of those videos and social posts and, you know, really getting to connect with you guys via this podcast and also with our social media and, you know, through the various videos and content that we make. Oh, don't you love them already? Our favorites. (laughs) (laughs) And in case you forgot a little bit about Taylor and I, or if it's been a while since you've heard from us, my name is Lisa Rodriguez. I use she, her, hers pronouns. I am a second year communications fellow here at Democracy NC. I just graduated from Appalachian State University with a degree in political science, public administration, and I am planning to attend grad school there in the fall for student affairs administration. Go Nears. Woo! And I'm Taylor. I am the digital associate here. I've been at DEMNC for almost two years now, and I focus on all of our digital innovative techniques like this podcast, again, social media, our text campaigns, email campaigns, our websites. Oh, and I use she, her, her pronouns. So that's me. Yay. I'm so glad that you all 
just got to meet the new team. Now we can learn a little bit more about each of us. We can start with where are all of us quarantined at right now? Yeah, for sure. So I'm now being quarantined just with my family and actually two family friends in Toronto, Canada. And that's right. I'm Canadian. In Canada. And, yep. And I feel like a lot of people might be wondering, like, why do I care about the work of them and see if I'm Canadian? So I'm just going to answer that question straight up in case you're wondering. Yeah, so I think because I now go to college in the States that I feel like now, like most of my time I actually spend in the United States in Durham. And then all of my friends right now are also in the States. And then because of what I study, public policy, I feel like a lot of the stuff I've been immersed in are kind of American politics. And especially given our current political climate, everything is just crazy. And I feel like there's so much that we as youth needs to do. And so I, I kind of just, I guess, just got sucked into it and have really just been enjoying the work with Dem and C for advocating for voting rights because that's just an important thing. I think not just in the States, but in any democratic countries. And of course, in Canada, I think we also need to do better for that as well. So yeah, so that's just why I got into this work. That's right, y'all. Dimency is international. Canadians <laughs> care about American politics. You heard it here first. I am currently Lumi here, in case you were wondering. Okay, so I'm from Tampa, Florida, but I'm currently quarantined with my grandparents in Griffin, Georgia. So very exciting stuff. Georgia is a place that exists, and I'm here. And that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> but, I get it. I get it. it you know? But yeah, so it's, uh, it's great to be here and with them, but I am so excited about the work that I'm doing with MNC. I don't know if you've noticed, but the majors that I listed had nothing to do with political science. However, I am really passionate about activism in general and making sure people whose voices aren't heard are heard and whatever role that I can play in that. And DEMNC does a fantastic job at advocacy for voting rights, which is of the utmost importance in my opinion. But I am so excited to learn so much about the organization and everything that goes into voting rights and voter suppression, unfortunately, in North Carolina, and to do my little part in making things a little better. Well, I live in Charlotte, so I'm here with my partner, my dog, in our apartment, and I've been able to adapt to quarantine pretty well, so I feel like it's I. Not my favorite, but I'm I'm living. I get that. I agree. I'm currently in Boone, North Carolina. I actually just moved here two days ago to my apartment. I have been in Elizabeth City, North Carolina for most of the beginning of this summer with my family and stuff like that, but I just moved up here for school now. And yeah, quarantine's been pretty indifferent for me too, Taylor. It is cool to, you know, work with Democracy North Carolina and be in two separate regions, two very separate, distinct regions, coming from the east, which is definitely a more poorer side of the state, and then coming all the way to the west, where, you know, there's a lot of advocates and advocacy going on over here. So it's cool to have experienced both those sides during my quarantine. Mm, so true. North Carolina is just different and all over. Ooh, Alyssa, how do you decide? What do you like better, the beach or the mountain? Oh, this is always a debate. But I feel like for me, it's hard, but I always, I pick the beach, but not for like those same reasons everybody else would. Like, I feel like I pick the beach because when I go to the beach, I like think of home because that's like where I'm closer to. But realistically, I feel like I enjoy the mountain setting more. So it's like, 
I picked beach because it gives me like the feeling of home, but the mountains, I just like the vibes here more, I guess, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I'm 100% mountains because it's like hiking, cozy. I make hot chocolate in the morning when it's like cold outside. But I mean, I still love a beach trip or whatever, but I get bored at the beach quickly because if you don't have a book while you're laying on the beach, then like it's not happening. I need someone to like talk to me. I wish I liked that whole home reference thing because like being from Florida, there's beaches everywhere. But I just, salt water makes you sticky and sand gets everywhere and seagulls are terrible and tourists are more terrible. And I just, it's hot and there's no point in me sitting out and trying to get a tan because I'm black and it's just like, why? And I just, I don't, I don't, I don't particularly care for the beach. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess I would have to say mountains. If I had to choose, I would definitely pick mountains. (laughs) Well, I am 100% beach. I don't know about y'all. But okay, so actually, I'm not a big beach person. The only reason why I pick beach is because I really like just bodies of water because I've always like lived by bodies of water. So it kind of like also gives me that homey feeling. And just like, I really love just like swimming and like the sun, I think. Okay, I like that. I like that. I mean, I hate exercise. So that's partly why I like mountains. It's like, no, no for me. I really get that. Like, I like to look at the mountains. Yep. Do I want to do the work to get up there? Nope. No. (laughs) I like to look at the beautiful sunset on the beach, but it's also like, get me out of here. (laughs) You would maybe be happier at a lake. It's not sandy and you can still experience water. But then there's like stuff in the water and you can't really see it. And it's just... At least Lake Contero is like super clear. You can see every rock underneath. Oh, that's cool. I want to go to Canada so bad. Unrelated. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like water that I can see through, I'm more scared of because then I could see something happening that I don't want to happen. So it's almost like I'd rather just be ignorant of the critters. You know, I just, I don't want to think about it. And with that, I would rather be, ignorance is bliss. I'd rather not know what is under there. The water is a little dark. That's fine with me. That's okay with me. Okay, so we all know where we stand with Beecher Mountains, but where do y'all stand at sweet or savory? Because that's an important one. I will go ahead and say savory because I like salty and like cheese. Like just give me, give me that. I used to have this biggest sweet tooth and then my dentist yelled at me a lot because I got cavities all the time. So now I have grown up a little bit and I really like salty food. Like if I have a sweet snack, I have to have salty with it, even though my heart, my heart's with the sweet. I got to end on salty. So if I have a bunch of chocolate, I got to eat something salty afterwards. Sweet and salty is the best combination though. That's what I was going to say. I feel like I'm kind of anti this whole sweet savory debacle. Is the whole world just food and dessert? Like that's how we're splitting it up now. No, you need, you need both of them in there to create the best. Because I feel like when I think sweet and savory, it's dessert or any other food ever. It's like, well, I guess I'll pick savory then because I don't want to eat cake forever. <laughs> Looks like we're like all really united on this front because I'm a savory person definitely too. I mean, I've just never had a sweet tooth. Like even as a child, like I did not like candies. That is like a fact. And my mom is like, you're super weird because she's definitely 100% sweet tooth. I just didn't inherit that at all. Because I just feel like savory has more layers of flavors versus like sweet. It's just one taste. That's at least my take. Now that you all have gotten to know us a little bit better, let's start talking a little bit more about what the season two is going to be like. So obviously, as we talked about many times before, we are in a pandemic, still very much experiencing a pandemic. 
And there's a lot going on right now. And I feel like I don't even need to list it because there's so many things that are probably coming to your mind right now. But that's just why it's so much more important that things like Democracy and C and this podcast exist because this is our best channel to talk to you all now and to get out the information, to hear the questions you have, to respond to them and to just be able to be digital advocates in the best way that we can. So since we can't do things in person, we're hoping that this will make it a little easier for you to get your information. A lot of people, as you said, like we're getting our information like from the internet and from social media and things like that, but I'm kind of like thinking about when I first started talking about politics and it definitely was from my parents. Like actually when I was a kid, politics was never, like it was a taboo conversation. My dad was always like, never ask people about politics. And I was like, okay. When, when Obama got elected, I remember that I had to talk to my parents about it. And my dad was like, I don't like this homework assignment. Like <laughs> he was like, I don't, I don't want to talk about this. Um, it's, it's a very personal and private thing. So in my mind, I, when I was growing up, politics and that conversation was always just something that I knew existed but it wasn't like an interest of mine kind of like sports I was like I know that it's there there are people all about sports but like I just like good for you but like as I've grown up and kind of understood the role that everyone plays in politics unlike sports it's important to kind of be aware and be as knowledgeable as you can I really agree with what you said when you were like, your your dad said, oh, that's like a really personal and private thing. And like, that's why I feel like that experience is so different for everyone because everyone's parents, I guess, handle politics just like everybody else in their own way. And so it's just different. Like all of our experiences are probably so different from like how we grew up in the, what political climate we grew up in. So like Taylor and Eva, I'm curious to hear about what yours were like too. Yeah, I would say that I feel... I feel quite lucky in terms of how I grew up with political conversations. It's not like both of my parents were like hardcore activists and, you know, took me to rallies and volunteer events all the time, but it was always something that we talked about. And I think that came from, well, one, my mom is a school teacher in the public school system and in most places, but especially North Carolina, we have a pretty jacked up school system. There are a lot of problems with it. You know, our teachers don't get paid well. It's a lot of work. And so that just lends itself to having quite political conversations when you're dissatisfied with, you know, a governmental system that affects every single human, unless you go to private school, I guess. And then also just the way that my dad, he grew up with like super hippie parents. You know, they went to all the Vietnam protests. You know, my dad went as a child. And so we just talked about, what lives were like for people that were different from us because we were, you know, we were luckily quite suburban and middle class. So we were totally fine, but just having conversations about people who are poor or who are of a different race because we're white, you know, things like that. So I feel lucky that I grew up with that and I didn't have to find it in college. Like a lot of people end up doing when their family doesn't have those conversations. For me, it's actually kind of a shift or a transition because like, I think before I turned maybe like 16 and 17 and then it's like coming to that age where I will have the right to vote, I become kind of more interested in learning about like what's going on and reading news so that like when the day comes, I can vote with an informed mind. And but it was never a conversation at our dinner table in my household. And 
I think things started to change when it was also kind of in like 2016 with like the big election, you know, Donald Trump versus Hillary Clinton. At the time, I was just like still. I think it was my junior or senior year in high school, so I was still in Canada. But even then, it didn't really directly concern us. But it was a big thing in my high school to talk about every single day. And I remember, like sometimes in my math class or my French class, like the whole class, the professor and the students would just talk about the election instead of like what we have on the agenda for that class that day. And I think I really appreciated that actually to have that kind of first, I guess, initiation into this kind of political discussion where everyone was turning, I guess, politics into a public discussion and relate their personal experiences to what's been happening out there. And I think that just kind of really inspired me. And then I went home and kind of was starting to try to shift to bring that conversation into my household as well. So I started like telling my parents about that at a dinner table. And then surprisingly, like they are like really informed. So I feel like we actually are these three people who are just secretly learning about politics but never sharing it with each other. I guess the conversation actually opened up of these like. Opinions about politics that we started sharing with each other, and I think that was really great. And so I think that's when kind of the shift happened in my household. And then after I went to the states for college, started to major in public policy. Of course, it just become a daily life for me to you know read the news and be interested in what's happening politically. And I will always talk about that with my parents, and I think they are really interested in as well. And then it was just also recently revealed to me that they were actually all very politically active, like almost you can call them activists because my mom was like, oh, like I went to like the protests in the eighties, and then my dad would you know draw or like write all these signs for organizations and like that, and it was just like really a surprise to me and then kind of like a review of family history and now politics is just like a very casual and regular conversation in my house right now. I think that. The elections of Obama and Trump definitely were catalysts for political conversation to start in a lot of families because I think they were so monumentous for different reasons. But I think they really were that spark for a lot of people in a lot of families. Like you mentioned, that after Trump was elected, that in your classrooms it started to be a regular thing, and then it started with your family. I remember that. Even though it wasn't something that we wanted to talk about because it, politics were like taboo in my house for some reason, when Obama got elected, like it was a big deal for my family, and we did talk about it. And there still is a picture of my sister holding up an American flag next to a picture of Obama from like second grade on our bathroom door. I don't know why it's there, but it is. <laughs> Eva, I think it's really important the part that you said the conversations kind of started in school because a lot of people. Just assume that these conversations are just happening. Like Lumi said, in their family, it was just kind of taboo. Like you didn't talk about it, and you learned about it in school because your family didn't talk about it that much either. And there's like this narrative that is true to an extent that is like you know if you don't care about politics or if you're not like actively talking about them, then you know you're privileged because you have the privilege to be able to do that, to not care about what is going on in the government, and to not have to worry about what is happening to people. And to an extent, that is true. But I feel like in my experience, my family just didn't talk or care about politics because we didn't feel like there was anything that we could do to change them or to be a part of them. Like there was never that option that, oh yeah, that politics—that's something we can go do and be a part of and make a difference in. Like no, we never felt like we had enough 
I guess, money or stature or just, we just weren't at that level to be able to make change in that way. So that conversation was never a thing because if it was almost like disheartening to like talk about these things and then be like, okay, well, you know, nothing we can do about it. So <laughs> we'll just move on, <laughs> just keep going. But yeah, I definitely remember learning about things in school. Like when Obama was elected, I remember being in fourth grade and my teacher was like, okay, everybody go watch the TV tomorrow because history is going to happen no matter what. Either the first black president or the first woman vice president, like make sure you watch. And I woke up that morning, I was watching the TV and I was like writing my notes. And yeah, I just love that that introduction is happening in schools. And I hope it keeps happening because it doesn't always start at home. Although some people are privileged to not care about politics, some people are privileged to feel like they can have a place in them. It's it's funny, like, when Lumi said that your dad was saying, no, it's personal and private. That's such an interesting perspective. And I would just never feel that way, that my opinions are private. <laughs> and I think that's just because we just share them and, you know, whenever I spend time with my family, we can't hang out for more than 30 minutes without talking about something political. And I know that like the time, the times uh, currently are extremely political, but you know, it's just the way that we are. And I, I mean, it is exhausting because it's also my job, but at the same time, I'm still grateful that I have a group of people that, that it is my close family, that we all feel strongly about these things. And even if we're on certain points in the spectrum on certain issues, we can have all those conversations. I know that I know that for y'all, I'm not that much older than y'all, but I'm older enough that like Obama and Trump weren't like my first presidential experiences because I remember being eight years old and going with my mom to vote at my elementary school and they gave me like a kid's ballot. So I was like holding the kid's ballot and I was like, mom, who are we voting for? <laughs> and, you know, because that's what happens. You know, you learn your politics from your parents usually if they talk about it at all rather. So you know, I remember her telling me who to vote for and I just like bubbled it in and I was like, oh, so cool. I voted. And I guess that was like my first really political experience. Yeah, this election will probably be a similar like monumental memory in younger folks lives or maybe not even younger, but people who just weren't involved before. Absolutely. And every every big election feels like it's a life changer. But I also think it's important for listeners to remember that we exist 24-7 for 30 years, not just in presidential election years, right? Like, this is a big election, yes, but every single election has huge impacts beyond election day. Whether you're voting for president or your Senate or more local things like sheriff, district attorney, your local judges. We say this all the time, like you've heard this on the podcast if you're a dedicated listener, but... You know, there's such big implications that come from new elected officials or, you know, retaining people who've worked here before. We are here to tell them with our vote that either we want you to work for us because we believe in you or we're voting you out because you have not worked for us. And I think it's important to remember that while these huge monumentous elections like for president and Congress and things like that, like they are huge and the attention is always on them it's the little ones that make the most impact on your individual lives like you were saying like the sheriff your your school board and and all of those like people that you think are irrelevant or like you don't know or you don't care like those are the people that are affecting your everyday lives the president is affecting a lot of other things but your day-to-day -day is going to be those smaller quote-unquote people that's right and I think, I think it's so important to remember this, especially in the time we are right now, because I know a lot of us, me included, are not happy with how things are going 
in North Carolina, in the country, just how things are going. And we are realizing that our politicians are not proposing the ideas that we want them to or agreeing with the things that we want them to bring to government. And that's why it's our job to pick ones that do. We get to kick out the people that we don't think are representing us and we get to pick people who we think are. And so that's why it's so important that we're actually taking the chance to do that because I get that it feels like politics and voting can be a passive thing, but by not doing that, you're just delaying the opportunity for us to have a representative democracy one day. So just by getting out there and sharing your voice in these small elections, you get to pick people that agree with you and agree with your ideas and actually represent you in our government. So to prepare for all of these big upcoming changes and all of these things that are happening to us, you know, we're changing too, changing with the times. So along with our two new amazing hosts, Eva and Lumi, Democracy NC has also gotten a myriad of new staff and friend terms as well. So like Democracy Summer, yeah, she's still happening and she is the biggest class ever. So if you want to learn about them, definitely check out our social media because we post about them and the awesome things they do all the time. So yeah, with all of these new people, these new friend terms and all the new help we're getting at Democracy NC, we're ready to face all of these new challenges that are going to be coming up this year. We've already seen a lot of them and we've already been fighting against them. So we're just going to keep on doing that. We're going to keep on keeping on. Yeah, so aside from highlighting our amazing staff and interns and us, we sometimes appear there too. We also are constantly highlighting our work that we've been doing to kind of push for voting rights, especially in this very critical time right now and also in November. So be sure to check out our social media and our website for sure too. So as comes, we absolutely love social media, if you couldn't tell. So along with highlighting all of the things that we do and all of the people we work with, we also use it so that we can interact with you guys. So we absolutely want to hear from you. We want this season, as we said, to be what you guys want to hear about, what you guys want us to talk about, and we want this show to be for you. So please feel free to reach out and let us know what kind of topics you think we should cover, what questions that you may have that you think we could answer, or, you know, just if you want to tell us that we're doing a good job because we love compliments. Also, if you think that your organization or, you know, something that you're doing is really beneficial for your community or relates to voting or would just be something really great for our listeners to hear, definitely DM us if you want to be on the show. A lot of our friend turns are doing different episodes and are looking for different guests to be on the show as well. So feel free to reach out and, you know, ask us to, to be on the show. We love to highlight incredible people doing incredible things. Yeah, that's all that this podcast is going to be this summer, just highlighting those incredible people. Well, friends, thanks for listening to this season two debut of Built by Us. We've had a really great time telling you about ourselves and a little bit about our stories. And so we can't wait to spend the rest of the season learning about yours. Thanks for helping us create a North Carolina that's built by us. Thanks for listening to this podcast made of, by, and for the people. This is Built by Us, signing off. Bye! with us on social media you can find us on facebook twitter and instagram at democracy nc or you can visit our website at democracync.org